good evening. Welcome to episode three of the 22 Dropouts. We are a podcast and a YouTube show available on Spotify and Acast, and of course on YouTube uh, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Now listen, we're just a bunch of rugby friends from around the world who decided that uh, we were going to have a virtual get-together during lockdown. So we ain't terribly good. The sound's probably got a bit of an echo. And if Lawrence hasn't spun around on his little hamster wheel, you'll get a delay coming from Kenya tonight as well. But uh, we, we, we have some really un uninteresting news. We have the odd little nugget of rumour going around. Uh, apart from that, we like to have a laugh and we hope we're going to entertain you. So don't moan at us about the technology. It's not all our fault. We're referees. We can't work technology. You should know that by now. Uh, but if you fancy something... Otherwise. <laughs> but if you do fancy something different during the lockdown or when lockdown's finishing, you're on your way to work, please do download our uh, uh, podcast, listen to us on the way to work, watch us when you've got nothing better to do. Uh, we might make you chuckle uh, once or twice. You can connect with us on social media too. Just search at 22 Dropouts on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, and don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe us on YouTube. So tonight, uh, joining me from our 22, we've got Chris. Say hello, Chris. Good evening. Mark, can I ask you a question? Uh, no, because you're bound to be stupid. It probably is. <laughs> Are you giving blood? Because it looks like you've got the pie connected to your arm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, th this is because my headset lead is not quite long enough to go underneath my shirt, so it has to come out my sleeve. I'll sit closer to the camera and that might help. Chris, just for that, you're a big cock. Yeah, so um, we do like to showcase. That's not what his mother said. I don't know, I've been reading the middle of the thing. Mate, she would know she's bath you, so you were about 15 or something. <laughs> now, guys, we do like to showcase different beers and different drinks, particularly local ones. So today, I'm showing the golden beer called Big Cock. It's raised by hand, and it says on the side, uh, yeah, don't chickle too loud, but it does say raised by hand. Uh, it says, no cocks were overexcited by the production of this beer. It's a lovely golden beer, all right, available uh, from directbeers.com if you fancy one of those. So from me to everybody, to my 22, to you out there, it's cheers from my big cock tonight. <laughs> everybody. Uh, so Chris, what are you my drinking? <laughs> not happening. <laughs> what are you on, mate? What are you drinking? Um, I'm I'm boring tonight because I did try and get local beer, but our podcast must must be working because they're all sold out. Um, so I'm on I'm on the Guinness tonight, I'm afraid. But you know it's just as nice, um, and it's always a Good solid option. Well, here's, cheers to you, Guinness mate. So here we go. So um, let, what, before the lights go out, uh, let's uh, just have a quick chat with Lawrence over in Kenya. How you doing, mate? <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing good. How about you? Um, uh, welcome yeah, all fantastic, to the 22 buddy. Dropout uh, episode 3. Lawrence Sugar all the way from Africa. Nice one. And now, Lawrence can't join us for a beer. And it's not because he's not old enough. He just looks a lot younger than he really is. But because <laughs> in uh, over in Kenya, they've shut down all the bars like they have here. But they've shut down the off-licenses as well. No. <laughs> that's sacrilege. That's sacrilege. That. Yeah, it <laughs> is awful, that, isn't it? it? It's a certain uh, type so, of crime, isn't it, Sam? It's a certain type of crime. Uh, it's, a, it's a heinous crime. Heinous. <laughs> heinous crime. <laughs> so what are you drinking tonight then, Lawrence? Uh, I'm actually on what uh, Sam called it Guinness clear last time. <laughs> and basically <laughs> what... Uh, <laughs> Nice oh. one, mate. Nice one. Yeah. Um, uh, cruising the high seas tonight on his daddy's yacht, and we thought we'd got man overboard not long ago. Just look at the outtakes for that one. It's Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hi, guys. How are you all doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Good, good. Somebody else wants to talk to you, just us two. So what are you drinking tonight, mate? Um, well, I'm still working through my uh, my case of meeting online delivery to ensure that I got the uh, supplies I needed of uh, my uh, mixed berry Stouford Press. Um, so enjoying that <laughs> nicely. <laughs> 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 I think I've got the 
Not a new coffee, well, Chris. You haven't got any. I'm, I'm back home in Kent for the moment. I'm back home at Kent in the moment. And I thought that I've got to keep some of my West Country Gloucester University roots going. So I thought a cider would do very nicely. So, right. you're right. Tom, Tom. Yeah. Last week, we asked a question of Christopher about what he got in the background. Is When you're doing your macro diet, Tom, just down near your right elbow, I spy a box of Yorkie. <laughs> Definitely not on Macro Day, lad. Uh, <laughs> it's an Easter egg I've yet to eat because I'm right. so sick of my diet, Mike. That's what it is. <laughs> you get caught out something rotten. Well, cheers, what buddy. Good <laughs> health to you, mate. What kind of diet? What kind of diet? Yeah, you're 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 drinking. Oh, you've got a glass. No, just a standard glass, then, mate. Yeah, a standard special. glass, mate. I like a glass with a with a bit of bit of something to it. Hey up. It's rather rude. I think when he goes to sleep, when he nurses his beer and he falls asleep and it falls down, it doesn't slip right out of his hand. Exactly. I'm not gonna lie, Tom, I thought I thought you were gonna say a glass with a rim and that would have taken things way out of proportion. That's just okay, moving swiftly on. <laughs> uh, Sammy in Lincolnshire, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are we all? Not bad, mate. Good, good. Uh, I'm uh, trying to keep the weight off during lockdown, so I'm on the clear Guinness. However, it is a special glass. It's, uh, first ever England match I watched away. Fortunately, it was in Paris this year, so still waiting for the first half uh, to turn up. Uh, we'll still be waiting a while. I will plug a beer though from Ferry Ales Brewery. It's called the Mosquito after another plane. Um, so yeah, it is very nice. I had it on Sunday when the sun was in there. <laughs> Fantastic. And we're going to cross a, a little bit of water now, going slightly the other way, uh, over to Malta and say hello to Sam. Hey guys, you alright? You good? Absolutely, mate. How's you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, you know, it gets darker here because we're an hour ahead, so you know. It's catching up on me, <laughs> honest. Um, yeah, my, my tipple for tonight is uh, a nice uh, Shiraz, 2018 Shiraz, um, by Marceline Vineyards in Malta, uh, Caravaggio. So, yeah. Just, uh, uh, well, you know, you've got to spend Very a little nice. bit, a little bit, money. So, uh, and, you know, enjoying it at my uh, Help for Heroes mug, as you do. <laughs> Classic as always, man. Guess what? I, I heard something last uh, over the weekend and i just want to get your thoughts on this guys now if as has been reported in all of the press uh there may be one or more premiership teams go bust uh because of the uh, the lockdown and the lack of sport if let's say one does go and that leaves the the premiership ones short will premiership rugby limited who are about making money and having competition Will they want to bring Saris back up just to even? No, case closed. Move on. They don't deserve to come back. Can, can we just leave Saris alone, please? I mean, they've had it tough, haven't they? We keep going back. <laughs> if it was any other club, it won't be happening. So, I mean, if it were Newcastle that had had done it, would would there be the same sort of media furor about Newcastle being relegated? I'm not. I'm not just picking Newcastle because they're just coming up, but they're not. They haven't got the wealth of experience that other clubs have. Well, Newcastle are one of the ones that are reported to be potentially in in this big crisis financially, and therefore they could actually go bust before they play in the Premiership again. Well, so I was I was looking, I was doing a bit of digging on this, um, and last year teams were given some money to help pay off um, any debt, pay off any investors, stuff like that. That included Falcons, who went down last season. Um, and apparently there's still a lot of optimism in the league that teams will be able to either bail themselves out if they need to or be bailed out. But a lot of teams are debt-free and have got good cash flow despite the fact they've got no football in it. So there's still quite a lot of optimism amongst the clubs that they're going to all stay afloat. All right, that was interesting. Well done. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, nobody, nobody seems to want to see Savvy's come back up. If that's the case, um, and, you know, fingers crossed that um, 
we don't get into that situation where, where clubs actually do fold. I mean, World Rugby has announced this week that uh, a rescue package when you've got New Zealand about to go under. Uh, USA Rugby has already filed for bankruptcy two weeks ago. Uh, and Australia is in such a, a predicament as well. And I think this, there's been a lot of talk over recent years about the fact that um, in New Zealand, Australia, places like that, there are franchises. So it's the union that owns the team per se, whereas over here, it's a bunch of wealthy blokes. There was a lot of argument against our our system and more for the uh, the franchise, but it turns out it might not be a good thing to have that franchise. So um, look, uh, we touch wood, we'll all just wait and see and it'll work out all right. So um, here's another little one for you then. The chances are when we, the premiership, they want to finish, we all know that. They want to get it done. The clubs need to get it done. PRL needs to get it done. BT needs to get it done. Everybody else, all the sponsors. Now, if this continues, as it's likely to do, into July, players' contracts run up until the 30th of June. So from that point onwards, they would, if they are on transfer, they would transfer to their new club. So a potential scenario could be a player playing for Team A, uh, and he's had, a, let's say, we, we get a couple of games in June uh, and he plays for Team A, but he is transferring to Team B, uh, and that transfer has to go through on the 1st of July because of wages, insurance, and everything else like that. Um, who does he play for when they come up against each other after the 1st of July, given it's still last year? Would they do a loan? Could this new club loan him back for this period? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Anybody got any info on this? It, there's no precedent. Um, so it's difficult to be able to speculate anything at the minute. And a lot of teams have been affected and a lot of teams have got legal teams in place to look over the contract. One team that's been especially hit is uh, Bristol. Um, so they've got Sammy Arvada and Kyle Sinclair coming in. But they've also got three players going out and 13 pending free agents as well. Um, so if the league is postponed until after July, then they've got a big issue, not only regarding contracts, but with salary caps and team size as well, losing 13 yeah. players. Surely, though, when a, when a player signs a contract, I mean, I'm, I've never seen a contract for players or whatever, but... You, you, it says the bounty state on it to the, you're contracted to the end of season 2020 2021. So if that season hasn't finished yet, then surely they're still with that club until that is. Yeah, what um, they actually yeah, say, Sam, is they actually they, the flip over day is the first of July. Mm. It doesn't say to the end of the season. It actually says uh, your contract terminates on the 30th of June. And your new contract with your new club will start on the first of July, and that yeah. is, that's where this sticking point comes in. Yeah, yeah, it's something a bit now, Mike. And um, it, there's lots of uncertainty around the player contracts as well. Um, there's lots of thoughts that clubs may look to try and release players early to avoid having to pay them. Um, there's lots of things going on at the moment, um, and players trying to make sure and safeguard themselves situations like that won't occur um, so it's quite a difficult situation at the moment with everyone trying to balance and make sure that everyone can stay afloat make sure that obviously back to our last point in that the clubs don't sort of go under um, but there's nothing in the contracts that allows for a situation like this and I think it's going to take some sort of overall decision from either Premiership Rugby or the RFU to make this um, actually equitable for everyone because either you're going to have clubs with um, too many players who are going to be involved. Uh, I mean, salary cap then comes into it as well. Which part, which season, which time do you add that into the salary cap? So there's a massive issues that the RFU and Premier Rug League Rugby need to actually sort out, I think. Uh, Lawrence? Yes, yes. You were, you were about to say something on that, weren't you, mate? Uh, yeah, actually, just to bring in uh, the aspect of sports law, um, with what uh, you're actually saying... Because now if a player is contracted, um, that contract is meant to end at July. Because that's what uh, Wild Rugby Regulation 9 is, talk, is, is talking about. Actually, right to release the players. And it guarantees that the right um, to release players and uh, unions. So clubs should be involved in that. 
I suppose that also means that if you've got a more structured release date or end of the contract date, that helps when players are not just moving uh, between English Premiership clubs, but when they're coming from overseas as well, doesn't it? Uh, right, well, I think that one is going to run on and on. And watch this space. We'll bring you the very latest news. Or probably not, actually. Um, anyway, uh, what is <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might be news it might be old like mine was last week thanks boys for reminding me um, one of the things I, I heard from some other podcasts yes other podcasts are available um, just don't listen to them they're not as good as ours they're different fans. they're different they've got, they've got superstars and we've just got super people there you go um, anyway <laughs> anyway um, if you noticed, uh, right at the start of this sort of lockdown there was, and, and sport went off, there was lots of reruns of, of games and Wales versus England and Lions tests and all sorts of things. And some of those are former rugby players that are on the, uh, on the shows in, uh, uh, on the other podcasts, they've been deciding which game of theirs they would like to see repeated on TV. Now... Um, some of us are fortunate to have most of our games recorded. Uh, Daryl, who can't be with us tonight, has them all done properly. Uh, some of us won't. Uh, Lawrence does. Lawrence has fantastic games recorded uh, and on TV because I've seen them. Haven't I, Lawrence? Yes, you have. <laughs> um, very nice he looks too. And you'll, find, you'll, you'll see a bit of Lawrence looking good on TV later. Um, but what I thought we would do then if we could say all of the games that you've ever done have been recorded as though they were going to be televised and you could go back to any game that you've been part of and you it could be repeated now which game would it be and it doesn't have to be because of um uh something you've done in it it could be just because the guy on the wing had feet like jason robinson uh, and was an absolute superstar. So, um, I'll tell you what, let's ask Chris first. Um, uh, Chris, you've sent us a photo as well, haven't you, of a recent game. Just tell I us have. a bit about this photo. Um, I have. So, this is from a Team of Three game. I think it was a Bucks Cup quarterfinal. I think. Was it? Or semi-final? We don't care. All right. <laughs> Bucks Cup knockout game. Um, as you can see, we tell from Micah there with um, our other very able assistant, Roy. Uh, Mike was in the middle. I was on one line. Roy was on the other. Michael had a bit of a hiccup, didn't we, Michael? Why do I get the feeling I've just probably stitched myself up tonight? You have you and not me. Ball's kicked ahead. Ball's gathered. Taken into contact. Uh, it gets punched backwards. And one team go over and they score a try. Mike blows his whistle and signals for a 22. <laughs> Everyone's not dead. No one knows what to do. Everyone's looking around like, fuck has this guy just done? So, so, so Mike went, right, time off. Um, and Roy, bless his heart, it was, sort of one of his, it was one of his first games on the line. Um, so uh, can we just point Mike, out, Roy was only about nine metres away from it. <laughs> yeah, Roy was nine metres away. That I was, was forty-one nice, metres away. That was a nice book um, he just passed Mike. Mike was not in Sadie's twenty-two, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you cheeky son! I was there. I was right there. I just got the lines mixed up. <laughs> anywho, anywho, um, anywho, anywho. Mike goes time time off. Calls Roy onto the pitch, and he goes, "Chris, come in at any time over the radio." So. Mike goes, right, Roy, so what have we got? And Roy just goes, uh, so I go, right, Mike, the ball was punched backwards by red. It was then kicked by pink nine and grounded before you blew your whistle. I was like, right, so let me, let me go through that again. It was punched backwards by red, kicked forward by pink nine and grounded before I blew my whistle. I said, yes. Roy, have you got anything to add? No. Fantastic try. <laughs> we came to the right it took a, it took a bit longer than that because every time I asked Roy a question, Roy just stood there and I heard it through my ear instead. So I just kept nodding as though I was talking to Roy because we'd separated the teams. Um, and then I just said, so, so, okay, Roy, what we've got is this. And then just confirm uh, there was no knock-on and Roy just stood there and all I can hear in my ear is no knock-on. 
uh, and uh, the grounding was before I played, uh, blew my whistle, was it, Roy? And in my ear, yes. Okay, Chris, have you got anything to add? <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it was interesting. Um, well, you've got, you've got sure one can't... to pitch me up and get your own back anyway, so you know it's fine. Chris, Chris has a. Um, a an issue just about with... father and son moments. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Chris had a uh, has this issue whenever he's got a team of three that there's a sniper in the stand. Only when I'm in uh, the middle. Only when I'm in the middle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and normally, as an AR, you'll be scanning the field and looking around, and for a few seconds, he will have disappeared. Uh, and you can usually see his arse going over the top of his boots somewhere in the middle of the field, as though somebody's just shot him with a sniper rifle. Um, and he was doing a women's up to the women's championship promotion game two years ago. Um, I was running one of the lines, and he, <laughs> he had a problem after getting up from being shot at um, with one of the props. And he'd already warned her about a high tackle, I think it was. Um, and he'd penalised her. Yeah, 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 really, really <laughs> before. Um, and he'd had to penalise her in the last five scrums. Um, and showing lots of empathy with the game, he tried to manage it and he spoke to her and he helped her and he tried to help with the speaking to the captain and eventually, because it was so silly, he said, I will have to escalate the sanctions and we're, it's only about six metres from the try line and Chris has picked this up, story up now, won't you, mate? I am, I'm going to. So, um, yeah, like I say, I, I spoke to them about the heart of the tackles. So I called the captain and the player over and I went, listen, I've literally just spoken to you about this. I've got no option. It's a yellow card. Um, Mark's not going to take over. <laughs> so as, as she walks towards me on the dugout side, she takes her scrum cap off and she's in floods of tears, this girl, sobbing her heart out. So just to be nice, I opened the microphone and said, Chris, that's certainly not the first time you've made a fat bird cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, you did not say that. <laughs> uh, luckily, it wasn't recorded, but yes, I did. <laughs> Sam, Sammy's taking cover. <laughs> um, so, Chris, um, if there is any game then that you've been part of, that you could have televised now as a repeat, which would it be? I'd have to say my I've got weeks to think of it. I, yeah, all right. I'd, I'd have to say my RPU Intermediate Cup final. You know, it was a good, it was a great occasion. It was a great game, and you know, you get to see a fantastic red card at twelve minutes. You can't well, well, you see can't it, see it. You because the disciplinary haven't been held yet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another talking point about you know disciplinaries that have been held over as well. It's going to affect the start of next season. Yeah, because you, you know discipline like it was the last game before all games got cancelled um, or postponed. So that's a ban that's going to have to start at the start of next season, which is going to put them in a whole world of shite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's no fault for swinging his arm at some, some dude's temple line. So, um, Sammy, uh, what a lovely photo that is, mate. Where was that? Uh, that was at Newark, so it was my first, first senior final. It was last year. Uh, should have had the NLD Cup final this year, but uh, coronavirus stopped that, so a bit... Uh, well and truly gutted as well as the other games but we're not going to them um, so yeah um, showing off uh, uh, any referee's signals um, so you can all guess what it is from the picture uh, if not it is a knock on and I think it was uh, uh, a scrum to Ashfield if we're going to be accurate um, but yeah no I loved it it was a great game um, good team of three um, two young two young match officials out of the three of us um, yeah. Um, what do you I mean, mean my... two young match officials? You're only about seven. <laughs> no, but I've got to say James as well. There's there's two young match officials in the three of us. I can't really class them up the other member as a young match official. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. So then, um, Sam, if there is any game uh, that you could that you've been part of that you could have televised and on a rerun now, then you're around, what would it be? Uh, my second to last game before we all stopped was um, 
Derby against um no, not, not this Cut that out, we'll start again. Uh, so Sam <laughs> Sammy <laughs> This is staying in. Actually, screw that. Sammy, if you could have any of your past games showed now on TV, what would they be and why? Uh, it would be um Syston against Old Northamptonians. Um built to be the best late guess, best game at level six. Um and it was. It was a really good game. Um, properly enjoyed it and it was played really, really well. Good spirit. Good dig tech two attempts to play the game, but we'll not go into that. Um it was just a really good game. Really enjoyed it. Um I think there was more people there watching me than there was watching the actual game, but we'll go with that. Um but there was no camera um other than my dad's phone. I think I'm gonna change the game. I'd really like to be televised. Uh from from well, actually, the one I really liked to be televised was the one where you were the cameraman, Sam. We could then have seen the foul play and we could have had playbacks and commentary instead yeah. of um, a camera that just showed something else. Do you have like a list of gags that you've got to do in each podcast? <laughs> like, well, uh, no, mate, they just come naturally. <laughs> so, Sam, over in Malta then. Um, Picture, where are you? Which one's you on there? I know it's like trying to find the left hand uh, side. Yeah, it's like trying to find Wally, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it is a bit. Yeah, so that was back in 2007 in Malta. So uh, it's actually for a couple of reasons. Um, basically, the, the team Sharks RFC, um, they'd existed for uh, three seasons and they've never won a game in Malta. Um, and then I I moved to Malta in December 06 and I started coaching in Jan 07. And, you know, more on the coaching side than playing, but um, I got a few games in. And uh, we ended up winning our first two games that season, one in February and one in March. So, um, yeah, that was a proud moment um, for, for the team. And as you can see, that's why we're all sitting in the middle of a pitch getting a picture taken. Um, so, Sam, just before we go into looking at what game if any, you could have um, a TV replay right now. Um, you, where's the door to your bathroom? Uh, <laughs> that, that way, and uh, she's been told to go around the other bloody way. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just wanted to see if your daughter was coming to join us from the, from oh, the no, shower no. again. Well, when, when the show started, mate, she actually came out and was giving it, don't you bloody dear. <laughs> Watch it. Do you know what? I, I, I think we need to get Sam's daughter on every week. So we, this is the third episode. It's the on, so far, it's the only one that hasn't had Sam's daughter involved. Oh no! Uh, no but there is time. She has been in it because she walked out early, and I was like, "You, you see, my arm going." That way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just remind me, just remind the viewers, our, our millions of viewers and listeners. Um, what she said to you the first week. Uh, will you cut that off? It's bloody 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> you got told off by your daughter for being too I loud. Did. Well, that's probably because I was, that was a Friday night recording and I'm quite pissed by then. Uh, mate, of all the games that you've been involved in, either televised or non-televised, if you could have any one of them shown again right now during lockdown for the world to see, what would it be? Well, I, I tell you, um, it, it's not really one that I'm involved in, but it, it, it's it's definitely memorable. So, you know, everybody remembers like the 97 Lions tour test win and the 2013 in Australia, the, the test win. You know, but one of the most outstanding games of rugby I've ever seen, and Wales were such a great team that season in 2005 when they won the Grand Slam. And then they had New Zealand and Australia back-to-back -back in the Autumn Test Series. They lost to New Zealand 26-25, and then the following week they lost by two points against Australia. But that New Zealand game that they played, honestly, it was the best game of rugby I've seen. It was literally ding-dong up and down the pitch for the whole 80 minutes. And that was probably the best game. In fact, it is the best game of rugby I've ever watched. It's just like nail-biting, breathtaking, spectators going, right, what's actually going on? It was just fantastic. I think you, they really need to show that game. That'd be a classic game to watch again. And we need to show it so, so that's the game you would have shown the game. 
Yeah, definitely. So you've completely misread the brief, Adam. No, nope, I did say it, it was, was a, it was yeah. a game you were involved in. Yes, and I asked you the question. Do we need to? Does it need to be or Can it be something else? And you said it doesn't matter. You can. Oh uh, no! Uh, we said you've got to be involved in the game, but it doesn't have to be because of you. <sighs> well, you we got a good game out of it anyway. Fine. Who's next? Can't is it I'm just shrinking down a little bit further. There you go. Yeah. Two fingers, mate. Yeah. Taste the brief. Two fingers. Two fingers, <laughs> down it goes. You misread the brief. Well, if Two you fingers. Properly, I'd understand. <laughs> communicate properly. <laughs> right. Okay. Everybody else, everybody else managed to do what was asked for them. One man did not. He's a <laughs> big cock. Anyway, moving on. Lawrence, look at his little face. Bless him. <laughs> Lawrence, do you actually have any photos of you doing rugby where you look any older than 12? Um, not really, because I got no. introduced. Uh... <laughs> That's because you're 12. <laughs> So this is your. You look at this, mate. <laughs> we hang on. We've got to have a delay on, uh, on the way to Kenya. It's going by airmail again. Flying somewhere else. Um, uh, <laughs> quick, pedal the bike. Pedal the bike. Pedal the bike. Um, so look, sixteen years old, first senior game. He's on tally, boys. I wish I was on tally when I did my first senior game. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> I have 40-year-old vets telling me that I didn't know the laws when they're playing the laws from 10 years ago. You just didn't know their laws. That's the difference, mate. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. mate, Lawrence, first That's senior game, was that, was that in sevens or was that 15? Yeah, definitely in a sevens match because I'm fast. Hey, mate, feel free to come over here because this lot I've got to work with. Hang on. You're the slowest out of us all, Mike. At least Colin scores with a try lane and this is not a 22 drop. Poor positioning. It was nothing to do with the poor positioning. It's my dying eyesight. Sam, Sam, just give me your glasses, mate. Give me your glasses. I need your glasses, mate. Thank, yeah, thanks. Uh, I'll wear those next time. Go on, Lawrence. So, 16 years old on tally, first senior game. Nice one, man. Um, but if there's one game you've been involved with that you can have televised with 23 cameras, two commentators, a TMO, everything, which would it be and why? Actually, I love uh, my father. That, that uh, picture that, uh, that it's there because it was my first senior game debut back then in 2017. So the only thing that I love the game is the absolute gesture that I got from the losing captain. After the game, he came and actually shook my hand and said, uh, I'll talk that in silly because he said, Ref, in English translates that, Ref, you had a brilliant match. So it's a rare gesture, I think, normally get as a referee for the losing captain to come after the game and actually give you a thumbs up or something like that. But that's why I really love that, that game so much. So, so, so for our millions of viewers, when Lawrence's mouth does that, and then he speaks about three seconds later, it's just because the internet over there isn't great. At least we've got lights this week. Last that's week true. they went off. That is true, isn't it? <laughs> uh, that's what I say so, Lawrence. Nice one. Um, Tom. Yeah. Talk about this photo. Why did you put a photo of me there, mate? <laughs> well, if I, if I could, I'd cover your face up, Mike. It might save a few eyes, but... Uh... <laughs> but uh, this, this, this I'll photo... I'll give you that one. <laughs> this photo is the first time that, uh, you know, that we all worked together, Mike. That you, yourself and Chris worked together as a team of three. Um, unfortunately, it was Mike in the middle and uh, myself and Chris on the line. But it meant that we got the opportunity... <laughs> to give him a little bit of stick throughout the game over the cons, which is probably part of the best thing about working refereeing-wise with your mates, um, <laughs> on a team of three especially. I'm not sure I'm your mate anymore, Yorkie. So, um, 
second part of the question tonight then is, if any of your games could be televised for whatever reason, your games not like the British Lions or Wales or anything yeah. like that, Sam. Any of your games, uh, what, which one, and why? Thanks, Sam. <laughs> um, I, I think I'd have to say actually I'm on the line for this game uh, it was my first game in uh, Gloucestershire um, working with two of my now good mates at the university um, and it was a game held at Cinderford between two local um, private schools one was across the border in deepest darkest Wales um, one from Gloucester so a bit of rivalry between the two countries there as well um, and we had an early incident within the game where a player got caught by a boot in the face, um, which he claimed, and so did the, the coach and the physio, right in front of me on my side that he'd been clipped on purpose in the face. Um, so I, I'd quite like to see what happened from that. Um, and it meant that I had to feed in the first ever red card for the referee that was in the middle. So uh, yeah. his friend had a red card, yes, his friend was on the sideline. <laughs> no, so, uh, nice. Tom, Tom did the referee do the classic. Many reasons um, to be able to see exactly what happened and also to see the look on his face when I tell him that I have a serious act of foul play. I mean, Sammy knows all about hanging ARs out to dry, don't you, mate? I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> this is about um... I'm on about I'm on about you in the middle and Michael gives you some foul play. Oh, well I didn't really hang him out to dry, did I? I mean a the, ball bit. Gone, the ball had gone away and I went with the play and not seen anything. <laughs> uh, a, a line that uh, is well versed within the referee community and that I am told that ARs get quite a bit. Well, you should know because you stayed with the referee with the camera on that incident at Scunthorpe. Who haven't we come to? Oh, I suppose it's me. You! Did you polish your head before it was on camera or not? They're all. I tell you what, there's no punches being pulled tonight, is there? Me? That was savage <laughs> that. You were definitely raised by hand, it just wasn't mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> he's not wrong though, is he? He's definitely not wrong. I mean, God bless Chris, honestly. Yeah, I wish God would bless him. He might come out better if, he, if God blessed him. Spectacle, <laughs> spectacle, world to watch, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, here's my photo, guys. This um, uh, and look, I, I could I could have told you just how wonderful I've been, and that lots of my games are televised. And I wanted an old vet game. Uh, I mean, but I thought I'd share this one with you. Uh, and this is uh, two uh, two colleagues of mine. Uh, some of you all know um, uh, um, Sharpie there from uh, from the Seven series as well. Sharpie. Um, no, oh, no, oh, you dropped the bollock there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be, well done, mate. You went to Twickenham. Show yourself that bottle, mate. Ooh. Show yourself that bottle, son. Jesus. <laughs> just because you both ginger, that's prejudice, that is. I just say, my, I think well, this bottle is going to become a permanent feature now. Whenever someone messes up, that bottle has become a permanent feature. Yeah, I think this is <laughs> Do like a hashtag big cock. <laughs> 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 mate, mate, I've shared a room with you. It's definitely not hashtag big How would you do that? Oh, that way, isn't it? Hashtag no. Forget it. <laughs> are you saying you're you know you trying to do just... that with my hands? <laughs> 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 you know, Sam, you could probably do it better with your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Two oh. fingers, Michael. Two fingers. Come on. Yes. How do you see two fingers behind that? Well, just have to trust you, won't we? You have to see it off. <laughs> Good lad. So, the guy in the middle was Andy, who was leaving the panel at the time. There's me on one line and Jack Sutton on the other from half. Yay! Yeah, Yay! Name check, Jack. Name check, Jack. I got there in the end. You're welcome um, for the prompt. Yeah, th thanks for the prompt, Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. thing. 
yeah, absolutely. Um, so, with that, my first ever game, I'm really, uh, um, really excited. We do the warm up, we look around the um, the eighteen thousand empty seats, and then we turn around and look <laughs> at the the one thousand full ones um, or thereabouts. But you know, even then, it's a, it's a truly magnificent atmosphere, and it's a great sound that, that echoes around. Um, well. I'm fortunate in, in this that I can actually say um, I've got it um, on video, on TV, and We're here's lucky. what happened in my game. Wellington College, uh, also with Will Greenwood mentioned in their coaching ranks. So there are the two teams in the tunnel. We are ready to welcome them to the Stadium Bowl. They know their way around the rugby field, Sam Howard. Yeah, we've got two powerhouses of school rugby here playing. Warwick constantly in the final under 15s and under 18s. Wellington always very, very strong. This should be an absolute cracker of a game. I can't wait. Well, it's underway. 12 phases, but fair play to the Warwick defence. They made tackles and tackles again. Wellington didn't really go anywhere then. Ball out to the right then. It comes through Thomas, and now they're trying to find a little bit of room down this near side. But uh... Touch. Despite the touch judge losing his flag, Max Watson had stepped on the whitewash. Touch! Thank you. I like the look of the fly half of Donahue. It's a good job the ref mark isn't linked up. It's a good job the ref mark isn't linked up because all you can hear is the flag like sort of go up and the arm just go up instead. And you just get uh, touch. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you know the flags they have these bits of velcro, Mike. Do you see <laughs> what it does? It just fastens round inside, <laughs> and then it doesn't come off. Now you can wave it all you want, and it doesn't come off. My, Mikey's already started using those things. It's velcro things, you know, for doing shoelaces and that. He's told. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I liked it when they put velcro on my boots. Oh. Don't go supermarket. You just use slip-ons. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't get kid sizes, mate, if I don't get kid sizes, they're all slip-on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, so actually, uh, Sammy, it wasn't the, the the flag material that came off. <laughs> I, was, I bent so low, thinking that I've got to get that. I've got to spot this. Yeah. And as soon as his foot touched the line, I flicked the flag up, and it hit the ground. So it's the flag hit the dug into the ground. My arm carried on, and the flag just rolled into the pit. It's not even a crucial call. They're in their own half. Exactly. To be fair, Chris, every call you've got to treat it the same because it's that important in the game, mate. Yeah, yeah. Big respect, <laughs> Sam. Big respect, man. Uh, show, show, yeah, Chris. Chris. No, yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Show them, show them where it is. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Ladies and gents, millions of listeners and uh, and viewers. I think with that, it's time to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Uh, welcome back uh, to the 22 dropouts. Uh, the, uh, the wonderfully um, 
big cocked um, podcast and YouTube show. Don't ask if you if you missed the first part of this, then you're a bit too late. Uh, but uh, don't forget to join us on social media: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Twenty Two Dropouts. Like and subscribe on YouTube, and also find uh, the podcast on Acast and Spotify as well. Um, so it's time for the rumor mill. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. So Tom, <laughs> looking back. Hashtag TikTok. Please take yeah, it so back. Take it back. Take it back. Never ever do that again. <laughs> okay. my, my glasses have got needs windscreen wipers, man. They're sleeping up here. So Tom has been looking back at our previous rumor mills to see if any of them actually come true. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously we spoke about a few rumor mills last week. Um, Sammy had a look at the uh, smart pool technology, um, as I said last week as well, I sort of had a chat with a couple of the guys at Gloucester, it's something that's in the process, um, lots of clubs have been approached about it already, so this is something that is out there that they're ready to try and use, it's just getting everyone on board, so that is an ongoing story. Um, obviously as well, with all the current movings and going on and the fact that the Premiership is currently postponed until who knows when. Um, the issue came up last week with Johnny May going to Gloucester is when will he move? Will he move soon? Will he move when he's meant to move? Will he play, carry on for Leicester Tigers? But this is the case for all of the players that are currently meant to be moving across to other teams. Um, same How with the does RFP. that then compare with the guys who are going overseas? So we spoke on episode one about Greg Laidlaw. Uh, I spoke a little bit too late last week on George Cruz going to Japan as well. How is that going to affect their moves? I think it is. I think that really it's going to be something that World Rugby need to look at overall as a whole thing because it's something that different leagues will be playing at different times. Um, and of course, clubs want to make sure they have their players in in time. You don't want to arrive at a club late behind everyone else, not sure what's going on, not involved with all the pre-season training, you're going to feel behind. So players, I'm sure, will actually probably want to go to their new clubs as well. Um, as much as they'd love to see out the season at their their current club, it may be an opportunity that actually they do just go. Um, that's going to be the problem throughout with the, RFU, uh, with the Premiership, rather, um, in that even once we can get back up and going, their clubs will need time to train their players back up to peak fitness once more. So all going to be sort of wait and see what happens um, as is everything with our lives at the moment is to see what happens and it's just the nature of the beast at the moment I think. So um, am I right in saying that it is literally the, uh, the English Premiership is the only competition that has not said enough's enough and we're finished? So, I mean, for example, we don't want this to be in France where they've got to play some of theirs and some maybe moving over here and some going to Japan and some coming from Australia and all those sort of things. It is literally just the um, the Aviva Premiership that is the one that he's Gallagher saying... We the Gallagher Premiership. The Gallagher Premiership. Yeah, yeah, that's me, thanks. Um, <laughs> Lawrence, Lawrence, hashtag. Hashtag Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, I'll just, I just won't bother mentioning the sponsors who now will never sponsor the 22 dropouts because I've got the wrong one. Um, I, so, is, is it just the English Premiership that is uh, still yet to decide its competition? It seems that way, yeah, and I think that it's going to be a real problem for lots of different issues because not only the players that are moving, but the players that are currently still there, um, are their salaries going to be included in this year's premiership, as in this season's premiership and the salary cap? Um, there must be lots of regulation that premiership rugby will have to bring in to ensure that all clubs are able to compete at the right level, the right amount of money, how are they going to support themselves? There's so many different issues that need to be addressed. It's 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 mammoth task really, and it it really depends on the the current guidance from the government. Cool, fantastic. Well, we we'll wait and see. 
Uh, thanks, Tom. So, um, this, it's been a bit of a quiet week, actually, apart from World Rugby. So I think we'll start with that. Chris, um, talk to us about World Rugby. Yeah, so I've got a follow-up from episode one and two rumour mills, actually. Um, so if you remember from episode one, Bernard Laporte said that they were floating with an idea of a um, club world championship. Chris, um, can I just pause you there for a second? Yes. We just look at your camera. What? Yeah, okay. C next week, can you try and look a little bit less like your homeless? No, Chris, you sent me a video earlier on the. Are you playing that stupid game on your Instagram stories? I thought it was a filter all this down the bottom. I didn't <laughs> think it was real. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, mate. That's just a marker pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen them Amsterdam wheels you can get? That... That's because Desperate Dan over there, called Chris, do a side profile, Chris. No, fuck um, you. Desperate, da <laughs> Desperate Dan <laughs> had stubble as well. <laughs> right, come on, Chris, carry on with your story. Right, okay, so if you remember from episode one, Bernard Laporte said that they were floating with an idea of an annual Club World Championship. Um, Beaumont's come out and said, that's not a thing. It's not going to be on an annual basis. It will not be replacing the Heineken Cup. Um, Clive Woodward, who we said had was supporting uh, Pichot for his bid for chairman, came out and said rugby would be benefiting from being viewed through someone's eyes of a leader who is 45, not 68. So he's come out and hit out at his old teammate. Um, and Beaumont's replied with, what difference does age make? I played my rugby always as an amateur. Does that mean I don't understand the professional game? I am evolution, not revolution. I am bidding to show a lead to colleagues, to take colleagues with me. I intend to be a leader, and I think I have been in the past. In the red corner, it is <laughs> Bill Beaumont. And in the blue corner, the challenger tonight is not P-Show anymore. It's Sir Clive Woodward. Do you reckon I've got my money on Bill Beaumont every day. My money yeah. is on Bill Beaumont. <laughs> I was reading yesterday that um, the Six Nations did. So it's not one one country, one vote, uh, as you're probably aware. It's it split quite um, quite randomly to to the outsider. Um, so the Six Nations teams, uh, those unions who have more than six votes, are obviously uh, he heading towards uh, towards Bill Beaumont. Um, I read yesterday that Sanzar, uh, obviously Argentina, uh, places like that, South American uh, uh, unions, they are pushing for Pichot. And in a slightly bizarre twist, I wonder whether Clive Woodward is actually angling for uh, one of the top jobs in world rugby in a few years' time. What do you think? It'd be, a, yeah. it'd be better than that than he is with a pundit. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to World Rugby, no more test matches. Yeah, uh, Bill Beaumont's obviously had a busy week. Uh, he now says it's a distinct possibility that international rugby calendar could be scrapped for the rest of the year due to the, uh, due to the current pandemic. Um, the governing body on Thursday announced details of a $100 million relief package aimed at supporting the global game. Um, but where where where's that going to come from? How are they how are they going to do it? I don't know. It's there goes really my bid for funding from World Rugby. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Yorkie, you've got some info about Dan Carter, haven't you, mate? Who who what right? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, there's uh, some news that I've seen um, today um, that Dan Carter is first of all confirmed himself that he's leaving. Um, his club in Japan but then the question obviously comes up to where is he going next and the biggest rumour at the moment is actually one of the major league rugby teams yeah, to be precise Rugby United New York um, obviously a club already known for some big signings um, with a big French Bastereau being there this season um, yeah, he's he, Bastro's leaving though now, isn't he? He is indeed. He is leaving. So maybe it's one big signing out and a new big signing in. It's saying we'll just have to wait and see. But that seems like it is the biggest thing. This is obviously a player who's 112 tests for the All Blacks. 
um, three times World Player of the Year, amazing player, um, and he could be going over to light up American rugby. Why is he living in Japan? Their season this year has been cancelled. Um, he doesn't really say in his statement. He said he's enjoyed his time there, wishes he could spend more. Um, hasn't really explained why he's leaving. Um, but I'm um, maybe with the current situation and the uh, uncertainty of a new rugby league such as that in Japan, yeah. maybe they can't afford to keep him on much longer. Uh, Lawrence, last week you talked to us about a uh, uh, emails that were going round within the club owners in Kenya because of the way that Kenyan rugby has ended the season. Is there any update on that, mate? Yeah, sure. So uh, the clubs filed a petition last week uh, and they were expecting a response uh, from the Kenya Rugby Union on Thursday. And um, interestingly, the Kenya Rugby only said in a statement issued by the, the, sec the honorary secretary, uh, it's that they have got the issue at hand and they're going to look at look forward um, to it. So the clubs are actually res uh, expecting a response, and I mean uh, just a precise response uh, into it. Um, what you got tonight, mate? Yeah, um, I mean it's it's not really rumor mill sort of like new information, but we all know um, you know Doddy Weir, the ex Scotland number five, so. His foundation, um, my name's Doddy. Um, so he was diagnosed with MND uh, back in December 16, um, but didn't really tell it, get it out to the public until I believe it was December 17, if not later than that. Um, and just, you know, for, I've, I've, I've literally just finished reading his book. And uh, there's also a, a, a podcast, if you like, it's actually called Doddcast. Um, <laughs> I like that. See what they did there. Yeah, there's actually, I think, three or four, um, three or four episodes, and it's just you know different subjects like you know running down um, how they're coping in the lockdown, what they're doing with MND, you know the, the, all the scientists sort of stuff around it. Um, but the the main bit for me is that in crazy like you know that he's actually raised over five million. Um, for the you know foundation and to help people sufferers with MND and that's as of January this year. Um, but you know the the reason I really wanted to bring it up is um, during obviously what we're going through with the with the you know the pandemic. Um, the people with MND are obviously very high risk. Um, or vulnerable people because they, they have a shortness of breath anyway. It's one of the conditions that they have. And yet, they, you know, as of, I think, this week anyway, because I looked at it again, they still haven't been included in the vul high vulnerable list um, with, within the government people and that. So I think, you know, that, that in itself is something that needs to be, you know, updated and changed. Obviously, it's flexible and it can add and shrink. But, um, you know, that, that's something that Doddy's been really promoting and pushing to get these people, um, you know, on that list. And if you get a chance, grab a hold of his book, read his book. It's Doddy, we are full on. And it's absolutely brilliant. But, you know, whatever we can do to maybe help and promote that, even maybe putting the link, you know, for uh, the foundation on the bottom of the page as well. Absolutely right. And uh, we, will, we will actually put... Um, uh, a link or, or the details right at the very end of this podcast so that you can you can check out the, the Doddy Weir Foundation. Tremendous bloke, tremendous yeah. rugby player, tremendous ambassador. Uh, yeah. Our hearts go out to him and his family as well. Um, and I think that's probably um, a really, really good place to, to, to leave tonight's episode. So we've had a great laugh um, and we bring it back down to earth with that. Uh, and don't forget that uh, Rob Burrow as well, who has joined forces with Dodney Weir in many respects because yeah. he's been um, uh, diagnosed with uh, MND as well. Let's, um, you know, uh, all our thoughts and prayers um, are, 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 with, are with both of those and, yeah. uh, and anybody else suffering from such a debilitating disease. So with that in mind, guys, um, it's a good night for me. It's good night for my motley crew who are joining me out of the 22 tonight. Say good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.
Uh, don't forget, we're a podcast and a YouTube show. You can find us on Acast, Spotify, and of course, YouTube. Otherwise, we wouldn't be a YouTube show. Just search 22 Dropouts. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at 22 Dropouts. And, uh, make sure you download some of our older episodes, and uh, uh, hopefully they'll help you through these lockdown blues. Uh, from all of us, then, take care, good night, and we'll see you next week. Oh, don't forget our fitness special a lockdown fitness special that will be out in the next couple of days as well check that out and see what we're doing to try and stay active goodbye everybody